You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get me a caramel ribbon crunch frappuccino. That's a new drink they've got at Starbucks. <laughs> caramel ribbon crunch frapp, yeah. I don't believe I've ever wanted to drink a ribbon. <laughs> what what crunch is in it? It's got rocks in it. <laughs> mocha cookie. Mocha, why do we have an obesity problem in America? Mocha cookie crumble frappuccino? The s'mores, the s'mores frappuccino. That's oh, got to yeah. be good for That's you. That's probably the healthy Ooh. one there, yeah. Uh, they got a new grilled cheese sandwich. I might eat that. You got a grilled cheese sandwich? Make a damn grilled cheese sandwich at home. What if I'm there and I need a grilled cheese sandwich? Well, you know what? <laughs> Define need a grilled a cheese sandwich in this scenario. Touche, sir. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> need is, yeah, it needs a funny word when it comes to something like a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> so, uh, man, do I like a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm guessing oh, yeah. you as old Simple Jack or a man who enjoys... Uh, a slice or two of American cheese between a couple of slices of white bread. I, I actually don't know how my wife makes them, but they're delicious. Oh, okay. Yeah. She has the uh, family recipe. Yeah. I, uh, I've i recently gotten into the the multi-cheese grilled cheese oh, sandwich. Oh, my God. It's kind of nice. Gourmet. I mean, obviously. Do you do like a Roquefort yeah, cheese sandwich for your grilled cheese? <laughs> I do. <laughs> with, a, with arugula. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No. Cheese on me on your grilled cheese. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, speaking of eating stuff, uh, P.S. hit me, Positive Sean hit me with like the first sentence of this story, and it amused me a great deal. Sean, if so you'd be so kind. Burger King is debuting Unhappy Meals, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> now, Burger King is using its playful rivalry with McDonald's to deliver an important message about mental health because... No one is happy all the time. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Unhappy meals. Yeah. First of all, the idea that Burger King and McDonald's have a playful rivalry. I didn't know that, but isn't that nice? Burger King's new real meals launched this week, and they come in five different varieties. Pissed meal for when you're mad. <laughs> That's some frank talk. Blue meal for when you're sad. Wow. Salty meal for when you're a little bitter. The Yas Meal, Y A A A S, for when you're uh, for when you literally can't contain your excitement. I get and, that one from my college age daughter a fair amount. Yes. <laughs> and the D G A F Meal for when you couldn't care less about anything. D G A F. Don't give a yes. Yeah, right. I'm fresh out of them. Uh, much like their Impossible Whopper, only available in select cities: uh, Seattle, Miami, L A, New York, and Austin. That's fabulous. All come in different boxes, and uh, I don't nobody know. can be happy all the time. Right. It's, it's strange, and I don't think Orwellian's the right term, but the fact that, that corporations are taking a vested interest in our mental health <laughs> makes me feel weird. Yeah. All to get you to cram more burgers down your <laughs> right. mouth. Particularly right. places that you shouldn't really ever eat ever. I mean, there's no good reason you sh- that I should ever eat a McDonald's or Burger King. I do all the time, but... You can make a great argument for why you should never eat there. I used to eat at the King of Burgers now and again. It's been years. Of course, I don't eat at McDonald's much either anymore. I oh, just, when I was in uh, college, Burger King was a go-to. For some reason, we had yeah. lots of coupons in the paper back then for the, the, the double Whopper with cheese. There was always a coupon for that. There was no BK near where I lived for a long time, uh, and then I discovered it and had a double Whopper with cheese for the first time, and I, I, I felt like, you know, I... Uh, 
I was blind and now could see. They're good. I mean, just, they're pretty good. I, I was astounded that <laughs> that was readily available and at a pretty damn good rate. <laughs> so cheap. Yeah. When I was in high school, McDonald's had a promotion where they would do 29-cent cheeseburgers on Wednesdays. You're, you're talking to the yeah. kings Are of that. Are you kidding? Are, when oh. you were in high school, that's when Joe and I started this job. I remember And we this. would send our board up to McDonald's for a giant bag of cheeseburgers <laughs> right. every Tuesday or Wednesday. And this was precisely when, and this will ring true for you, or, or you'll you'll get it. That's when we first started to talk radio and had our pay cut in half. And we weren't making a lot of money. Oh, so, no, no. So eating cheap no. was also important. But we'd get a giant bag. We'd give Rob or old board Rob like $5. Go fill up a bag of cheeseburgers, man. Me and my friends, <laughs> we would go uh, in high school and we would do damage. I'm surprised we didn't put out put these individual franchisees out of business, the right. amount of burgers that we would oh. consume. I wish I could get, do some sort of time machine where I could get my high school friends to join up with you guys. Right. We could have a 29-cent cheeseburger <laughs> right. off. A reunion. Who, well, who could do more? It would bring the generations together. Well, I couldn't do more now, but at the time. Right. It would have been I think it would have right. been close. Oh yeah. Well yeah. being being the elder uh, statesman of fast food, I remember as a teenager at McDonald's your hamburgers were fifteen cents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fifteen cents. <laughs> and it cost a nickel to go to the yeah. stereo opticon. <laughs> um yeah, but and we had different lifestyles when we were sending the board up out for yeah. giant bags of cheap fast food burgers. Don't you wish you could still eat that way? And not have any well, pain. I, you see, I yes. still do well, eat that way. <laughs> I still do eat that way. I shouldn't, but I do still eat that way. Yeah, yeah good times. My new Chateau Relaxo 2.0 puts me in closer proximity to a Chick-fil-A than I've ever been in my oh, life. Chick-fil-A's good eating. Wow. wow. It's good wow. stuff. Location, 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 <laughs> man. Right. Meanwhile, for Generation Z, Beyond Meat's IPO dropped today. It's the price uh, for stock surged 135% in its market debut. That is so... slightly misrepresented. fixes in, but... Well, yeah, so the people who, the fat cats who got the IPO then immediately turn and sell it to the suckers who think it'll go up forever. There's a heck of a buzz on this uh, phony meat thing. Oh, yeah, I agree completely. I I believe it to be a real trend that's going to be... Think of it much like the the kind of the soy and the almond milk craze that used to be kind of the fringe little health corner thing, and now at the grocery store it's got its own little fridge window of all the the lactose and the soy and the non-animal... Yeah, milk stuff. I think meat is going to be very similar. Yeah. It will slowly take over shelf space in the meat department. If you can give me protein and yumminess, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care uh, if it came off a, a, an animal's muscle tissue or not. Your uh, Chick Fil A story. The the proximity of a restaurant to, especially when you're single. Uh, you know, and living alone is that that makes so many of your eating decisions. Oh, I'm thinking yeah. about the various places I live. I eat blank all the time because it was the closest thing, not because that was my favorite or whatever. I ate Papa John's pizza all the time when we lived in Charlotte. I had one like basically across the street right. from me. When I was in college, the first place I lived in, uh, we lived in a duplex, and there was a <laughs> a convenience store like a block down the street that sold twenty five cent hot dogs, and you're all drunked up at the end of the night. You right. walk over there. If it had been a taco place, I'd eaten tacos. Right. Right. It just was whatever's close by. Right, boy. If there had been like a cheap Mexican foodatorium near where I was when I was extra poor and young, or I probably weigh eight hundred pounds. Or on your way home, I still do that. I'm more likely to stop at this place because it's on my way home than I am that place. If there yeah. was an Arby's on my way home, I'd be stopping there all the time. 
I need an Arby's on my way home. That might be my goal in life. To, to to be able to come up with the money to open an Arby's franchise that's on my drive home. Just so you can stop by. Yeah. yeah. And I tell the Arby people when you try to get a friend and you want to be a franchisee, where do you want to put it? I want to put it on my way home. <laughs> right. That is right. clearly your best idea ever. It needs to be on the right-hand side on right. my way home so yeah. I don't have to make any left turns. Right. So I just turn into it, get my food, another Needless right turn back on the road. Yeah. yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> we have the perfect corner here, Mr. Armstrong. No, 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 no. That would be two left turns. Keep looking. <laughs> that's my plan. Yeah, that's a good plan. Uh, there's some numbskull trying to damage Chick-fil-A again. There's oh, some yeah. Effort. Yeah. Stop it. They're being driven out of, they've been driven out of a couple of airports. That's, because... Oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, cause, well, because you know why if you don't Google it. But, yeah, it's just so idiotic. And they will win those suits, too. They will win them without effort. Chick-fil-A getting tossed out of airports are forbidden because they're anti-gay and the rest of it. All right. You and I can have different ideas about various issues, but the idea that it comes out that a delicious restaurant's owner has a particular point of view, and therefore you can ban them from public property, the world has gotten really, really nuts. I don't think about the political positions of my uh, my food choices that much. Oh, I had a story. Speaking glad that, let me look this up on my phone. Grimace is a socialist. I feel like we should just put that out there. <laughs> um, New York Times had an article today. What you eat has an effect on climate change. We've answered your questions about how to shop, cook, and eat in a warming world. <laughs> mm, point of order, I have no questions. <laughs> I don't have a single question. Right? May I go? Yes, right. We're back to the number of Fs I have to give. And I, it's not about the topic in general. How I eat and how that affects it, it doesn't. Um, if in it a does, material it'd be, way. It'd be microscopic. If I were 50 million people, it would, but I'm not. Well, everybody has to do their part. Go ahead. I'm a, I'm a guy who's going to eat at the restaurant where I don't have to make a left turn. I'm certainly not going to go out of my way for climate change. <laughs> well, well, hey, that, by not yeah. driving out of your way to eat, yes. you are reducing You're your right. carbon exactly. footprint. You're right, and that's exactly. the reason, not laziness, that I wanted to do that. What, are you supposed to do, drive across town to get the Impossible Burger? No, you're just putting out right. more emissions. Yeah. Very exactly. true. That's a good point. Good point. One final fast food note. I was in an in and out for the first time in quite some time the other day. I was in it because the drive through line stretched onto the street it Always. was on, and there were there was room for 25 or 30 cars. They have it laid out, so there's loads of room. Always at In-N-Out. And, and the restaurant was packed, and... As always, if you've ever been to an In-N-Out or if they're in your part of the country, um, the folks who work there are unfailingly pleasant and helpful. And And bust ass. They work so hard and fast. They do. But this struck me, and it's the first time it really struck me, but then thinking back, I thought, yeah, wait a minute, this rings true. All the patrons were cheerful and helpful to each other. I think I think the 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 atmosphere of the place, the way it's run, and the people who work there, it was extending to the patrons. Really struck me. So give a smile, and the world will smile with you, or something. Boy, thanks or, for that. Times pay it forward, or uh, something, <laughs> something, something. That's not a good ending. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Where's Marshall? There he is. All right, there he is. We can't. Hey, Marshall. Marshall. Hey, everybody. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm making my son's lunch for school. 
And I decide to put a little note in his lunch. That's a little fabulous. poison note. That's uh, nice. I got him a little uh, little salami, little orange crackers, a little thing of yogurt, a little protein bar for his snack, uh-huh. and I think a juice. And when, I, when Delaney was home from college, <laughs> she loved salami. Salami's oh, great. Yeah. And you know what she likes on a salami sandwich? Onions. Yeesh. And I was forced to inform her, <laughs> sweetheart, and you gotta, you don't, you know, if you don't know my daughter, she is this cute, petite, smart college girl. That's the Chicago in her. Putting she, out, yeah, putting no out kidding. the breath of the dragon. <laughs> that came through your genes from Chicago to her. Oh my God. She just doesn't look like a onions... And salami person. Oh, no. that She's eating the lunch of the hard-hatted construction worker. How about them bears? How about them bears? Give me a salami and onion sandwich. <laughs> Extra onions. Um, and uh, I tell you what, though, gals, there's some fella pursuing you. You're not that interested. He's uh, not taking a, a hint. Start hammering down salami and onion sandwiches. Oh, Send him packing. <laughs> Come here and kiss me. Uh, <laughs> and if you eat that right before bed, first thing in the morning, that'd be a great breath right there. <laughs> hey, did you see those? Last like, night's the, salami the and onion. The EPA would have to respond. <laughs> did you see those five-day-old uh, bagels out in the uh, kitchen area? How old anyway, were they? I ate one. That's like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah one. I, I had one yesterday. It was so too many tangents. I, I, I was, looked at them and I just went, Bleh. It was slightly <laughs> edible. Okay. One tangent was okay. Two Tangents was disrespectful to Jack's story about his kids. Oh, you know I'm the sorry. funny thing about tangents? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> so, so I'm making the lunch for my son, and I, I put a post-it note on, oh, yeah. his, on, on his little sandwich there that said, I hope you have a nice day at school. Love you, Dad. Which, as I pointed out to him later, I probably didn't need to sign it. He probably would have guessed who it came from. But, um, but he said when he opened his lunch at school, the other kids saw it, and everybody made fun of him. Kids and so uh, laughed. Kids are, and it's you know, it's just it was just a sign. Okay, we're there. I don't know at what age things happen. I don't quite remember. Like that wouldn't have, uh, first grade. That wouldn't have been a problem, right? Maybe not even in second grade. But now it's to the oh, your dad loves you. Ooh, you know, like I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh man! So yes, I come from a loving household. <laughs> exactly. Uh, right. right. But anyway, that's just not. To, well, the other day I took him to a um, uh, birthday party. One of his friends turned nine, and I put my hand on his shoulder, and he, like, pushed it off. Oh, yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Not oh, cool. Oh, Got to become his oh, old yeah. man. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he said, I love you too, Dad, but please don't do that again. Please don't put the, a note like that in my lunch again. So I won't. But it's just, it's interesting. And all you know, come up with like a secret phrase. So if their friends right. see it and you say, "Hey, how about that Spider-Man movie?" He'll know that you mean right. I love you. Right. But right. The friends are just thinking, "Hey, look at this cool dad talking about Spider-Man." The process of a child becoming independent and pushing away from you starts on day one, from when they come out of the womb. Obviously, everything they do—learning language, learning to grab something—everything is an attempt to get away from you and start their own life. Well, and that's your job too, to teach them how. But I don't want them which, to go away. Which I know. <laughs> I want them to stay in my house. It's a painful thing. I want them to stay children and wear diapers. Well, I don't want them to wear diapers their whole life. But God's good grace, Jack, shines clear as they become teenagers. Because the Almighty says, hmm, they've grown very fond of each other and might resist the inevitable separation. So I'll make one of the parties so obnoxious the other party can't wait. In a way. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. I'm not yeah. looking forward to that, but and that's that's yeah, necessary. I understand oh, it's the as necessity. Natural as can be. Sure, of course. It's a little tough to take at times, but you know, oh, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, it's funny is when they come home, like from college or whatever, and you're just so overjoyed to see them. 
in particular, you know, my son and I am so I'm so lucky. He was, you know, I follow the old uh, maxim that your kids are your kids; they're not your friends. Be their be their dad, not their friend. And what that has yielded is now my son and I are very good friends, and it's great. But I remember when he'd come home from college, um, we'd share this downstairs bedroom where I'd get ready in the morning for work, so I didn't wake my wife up and everything. And he used the same bathroom and all. And I realized, man, I adore this kid. I love him. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite human beings on earth. But I now have a 20-year-old roommate. <laughs> I didn't particularly like having a 20-year-old roommate when I was 20 years old. I got a 20-year-old roommate who acts just like one. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, said a while back, and it stuck in my mind. hair everywhere. Yeah. Let's just start there. Hair and toothpaste and toothbrushes. And why is that there? Why, why is there a pair of underpants right on the floor? Uh, Gross. Yeah. I heard somebody say that uh, the part of life is um, your kids grow up and become people, which really stuck in my head. Because obviously, obviously, your kids grow up and be people mm-hmm. with their own individual quirks and needs and beliefs and all that sort of stuff. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, what, do you don't want it to be that way? Of course you want it to be that way. All right. But it's difficult. Yeah. If it weren't difficult, what would that mean? You know? It's like, uh, you know, the, the, sometimes there are personnel changes in a sports team or something, and people say, you know, uh, you know, we'll really miss uh, Jones. You know, it's, a, it's a shame that some of the other players will be sad and the rest of it. What if every single one of them said, thank God, what a piece of crap he was. Everybody hated him, and he made our team worse. Well, then why was he there at all? Good point. You know, so... Yeah, it's, you know, the the good things in life occasionally cause pain. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. More on the freaky, freaky story of the college girl who thought there was a ghost in the closet. One no ghost. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. Who's that, who's that thing? One more third. It's a radio voiceover guy. One more third. I'd love to do that for a living. Hell, honey, I gotta go to work. One more thing. All of today is the hottest rock. You know, all that stuff. I never did that, but I did um, <clears throat> I did uh, drag racing commercials. Oh, yeah. I've Stock heard... car racing commercials. I'm telling you, give this man respect. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> can you still do that, or would it hurt your throat I can too do much? it, but I would, also, I would also speed it up a little. I would phase it, and then I would edit it right. and layer it in such a way. Racing, racing, racing! <laughs> yeah. Then with a lot of echo and phasing and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Like my that. favorite lines were... Uh, oh, I love this. <laughs> Watch them get sideways in the corners! <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, You'll Sunday. get the whole seat, but you only need the edge! <laughs> that was another line. Oh, that's good. so good. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> With a lot of reverb, oh, it'll really oh, get you to the drag oh, 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 yeah. Sideways in the corners. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, oh boy. Uh, I got like paid like $75 a week for doing that for some place, and I was very, 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 very happy. Oh, are you kidding? Yeah. yeah I, do. I used to, uh, my first job in radio, I would do play-by-play and or color commentary for high school basketball games. 
And I would do lots and lots of games because it was 10 bucks to do play-by-play and 5 bucks to do color. And so I'd do a tournament. I would be there for nine hours. And just me and my, my partner would swap who was doing play-by-play and color. And I'd make, you know, 25 bucks in a day or 30 bucks and... Man, that was that was great. I did those all day tournaments where you don't know anybody till you get there that day. Oh yeah, you get the name sheet and everything, and that that <laughs> is the source of my famous, uh, not well, it's not that famous, but story of uh, doing play by play for girls' high school basketball. This is in rural Illinois, <laughs> high schools that had yeah. you know like sixty students or so, but they would have a, a girls' basketball team. I mean, like the schools I went to, where anybody who wants to play gets to play. You don't have to right, try out right. even. You just go and play. Right, yeah. and, and as socialist, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> well, you got to have enough people to make the team. <laughs> right. Have a team right. on the floor. Right. Well, they did. They managed to scrape together a team, and I was doing play-by-play for this game, and uh, at halftime, it was 4-2. to two. Oh. <laughs> The one team had managed two buckets, and the other one won. <laughs> so were you doing play-by-play or the color commentary? Because the play-by-play guy has got his yep. own challenges, but if you're the filling in the color Honestly, around a 4-2 four, four score... <laughs> my recollection of that night is I was doing it solo. Oh. I was the only guy... Oh, my and, God. And here's the oh, other oh, thing. Here's the other thing. Well, the was, ponytail really looks good on Jenny. Well, I'll tell you, that's a nice looking ponytail. Well, exactly. I mean, what are you talking about? I was struggling <laughs> to find something positive to say. Because who's listening? To a high school girls basketball game with a score of four to two at halftime. The parents. That's it. And they know like the general manager at Small Town Radio. They know the guy personally. And and I have to be positive. I tell you what, the hustle on defense is really you can't help but notice it. I mean they're, oh another good shot. Oh, it was a good shot. It just didn't go in. <laughs> and by good shot I meant like five feet away from I, the basket, because anything further than that, you know, they don't have a chance. I would have started making things up and just had people score. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> I did do I did do games where um like they were they were coming to our town for a tournament, so I knew nobody knew that was listening to my broadcast knew the other team. And if I, I, I just make up names because I, I wasn't quick enough to look at the number and get the name of Johnson with the rebound. Good old Johnson. Boy, can he rebound. We don't have a Johnson. Johnson. But I did uh, an Indian college and they had Indian names. And I honest to God, I wish I, I might still have tape of it because it's, and I would say, running deer over to Buffalo Meat. Buffalo Meat with the ball coming up the court. Buffalo Meat back to running deer for the basket. Their star wow. player was Buffalo Meat. Wow. That was his actual name. Wow. Full on. Not, Is that a not compliment? Not, not Elizabeth Warren Indians. I'm talking these people are Native sure, Americans. Right. They're tribal members, yeah. yeah. Wow, do you remember any of the other names? Or? Yeah, it was, you know. Custer was still around back when... I'd buy one of those jerseys to wear. That's pretty cool. Buffalo Meat. Buffalo Meat. Really? He was definitely the star of the team. Him and and Running Deer really ran the show. Not surprising. I think they had six players. And uh, I remember in that particular game, um, this was community college, but it was out of high school, and they had two foul out, and they were down to four, so our team then only Oof. only put four people on the floor to make it fair. Well, that's very uh That's the way they like. did it. Cause sports, it's not, nothing to do with fair. We <laughs> couldn't actually get enough players on the floor to play five-on-five oh. five basketball. You know what? That's funny. I'd never thought of this for the rest of my life. If you hadn't brought yeah. that up, you know, for a long time, listeners know this, I spent a long time coaching soccer. I used soccer when my kids were little. You had a license. You were a licensed I I soccer coach. I did I did indeed. I'd show it to you on demand. And, of course, I had to be fingerprinted every single season to make sure I wasn't a perv. But, you know, that's fine. I get it. Um, But so it happened a handful of times through the years that you'd have 
a couple of injuries or whatever, or more likely, just it was the day of the the big science trip for the middle school or whatever, and you wouldn't have eleven players, and so you'd you'd have ten, you'd put out ten or even nine, and every single time that happened, the other coach would say, "Oh, you only have nine? Okay, we'll put out nine every single time, but one. We played against this prick." We say, that's your problem. Yep. I'm like, whoa, wait, whoa, hey, no, that is, what no. age are you talking these, about? I said, these are children. He said, you don't show up with 11, that's your problem. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's I know. Ridiculous. I wish I knew this guy's name. Dude, I, just I look can't... it up in the record books. That's the guy who won all the championships. <laughs> right, exactly. I wonder. Because yeah. he was there to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish I knew the guy's name. Yeah, that's incredible. I would, I, I would haunt him for the rest of his life. Second I would make place it, is the first loser. I would make it my hobby yeah. for the rest of my days to find obscure and ridiculous ways to torment him. I mean, I'd report him for various, you know, minor violations of yard maintenance to his HOA. I would, you know, I wouldn't slash his tires because I'm not that kind of guy, but I'd leave notes now and again. I'd call him on his birthday, call him a name and hang up. (laughs) I wish I knew his name. I got a niece that was so dominant at youth sports that they had trouble with that, where the other teams would get really mad that it wasn't fair, but they didn't know. I don't know what would be a good way to do anything about that. I guess not let her play in that league, I guess, which eventually happened. Yeah, you have to play up, but that's eventually. Because she would score score six goals in the first few minutes. Nobody could stop her. Right. Yeah. (laughs) When you get one of those, this is an athlete on a team of high school kids, it's amazing how big of a gap that is. Well, I, you try watching yeah. 11-year-olds someday. Right. When you have somebody who's a natural, who's pure, who's cure, uh, clearly, I'm sorry, going to be a college athlete, for instance, uh, uh, against a bunch of little kids who are out there for recreation, please, it, it, no, it's no good. But what we, are you going to do? One of the fallouts from that, my niece, who's a really, really an exceptional athlete, um, so we went to one, uh, one of those uh, trampoline places. Have you been to those? Did those exist yeah. when you were kids? Yeah. So and they, they have dodgeball there. And uh, Sam loves playing dodgeball, my third grader and everything like that. But Henry, who's seven, wanted to play, and he's pretty little. And um, uh, and my niece was really a good athlete. They went and they played, and she protected him, but he didn't know that. Oh, boy. So she was constantly finding a way to get out the good players really fast or, or deflect balls and stuff like that. Now when we go, he always wants to play dodgeball because oh, he no. thinks he's really good at it. Oh, he's no. going to get his head taken off. Because oh, there are these oh, moron boy. kids yeah. who have no parents to tell them any better, I guess. Right. Well, they're, they're like eighth graders, and they immediately target these little kids, hit them as hard as they can to get them out of the game. you got to take the floor. You really enjoy the competitive spirit, don't you, by knocking four-year-olds out of dodgeball. But <laughs> you got to bring a little flying red justice. You think I should go in there? Yes. Can absolutely. I play, mister? Clearly. Just really lay them yeah. out. Strip yes. on a knee brace, get right. in there. <laughs> right. Headband. Right. Eye goggles. <laughs> and and say, say to the parents, uh, I'm illustrating a point here. Yeah. And then just <laughs> absolutely <laughs> right. Head to toe lathered and icy hot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Dodgeball seems like a really good idea till you play once or twice and unless you're Well, there are there are two dodgeball players, the dominant and the victim. Yeah. 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 yeah well, still it's a great American game and one that uh, helped us win against the Nazis. <laughs> Did it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's those tough guy games. Red Rover. Red Rover, communist Rover. How about kill the guy Try the to ball? come over, commie. That's what's what Red Rover was all about. I don't understand how in my lifetime, I'm not I'm not 150 years old. Right. In my <laughs> lifetime, when I was my son's age, we were playing kill the man with the ball during recess. Mm-hmm. 
One guy had a football, and he ran around, and everybody else chased him and piled on top of him. Right. right. One of my favorite games, uh, hours and hours and hours in the oh, snow, especially as a too. kid. And I was yeah. faster than most people, so I really enjoyed it. There you go. Um, Do you uh, ever get into any hot and heavy tetherball games? <laughs> Yes. 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 I like that too. Yeah. Um, but we play kill the man with the ball, and now yeah. my kid, they won't have recess if it rained because somebody could slip on the grass. Oh. And obviously, you don't get to play kill the man with the ball. You can't play tag. You can't play anything. But they're not even lead, allowed to walk on the grass if it's wet. What mm-hmm. are we doing to our children? How does something? How does a culture change that fast? That far? Muddy fields was one of my favorite yeah. things to run on. You get the whole sliding in there. Oh man, and that he's was one of my favorite uh, Delta Bluesmen. Muddy fields. Muddy fields. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous, and his signature uh, tune, it's raining outside and my baby's all dry. <laughs> I don't remember. I think that's it. I... Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. So, uh... If we nailed down, it probably wasn't a laser beam Mark Zuckerberg used to kill the goat. I mean, that would just burn it unless you put it right through its brain or something. Um, Seems unlikely. Yeah, I think that was... uh, Seems to kill it and cook it all in one thing? That seems uh, excellent. I think it's the next step forward. So it's probably taser, not laser. Yeah, yeah. Right? Goat's delicious. I I was a a grown-ass man before I had goat. In fact, it was probably in the last decade or so. But, man, I ordered a goat burger once. It was the best burger I ever had in my life. Really? I'm not sure I've ever had oh. goat. Really? You raise goats? Eat one someday and tell us how you like it. I'll go home. No, I'm serious. The goat burger was amazing. I'll go home and kill one of my wife's goats. Yes. Yeah, yeah well, hang on. Go home, tell your wife, then kill a goat. Or, I don't know, claim somebody else did. No, I'll surprise her. Maybe it was Trump. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll say, I've got dinner taken care of. Oh, boy. She'll say, what's this? And I'll say, it's uh, Tootsie, or name one of the goats. <laughs> Baba. Yeah. Because <laughs> the nice. kids name all the goats, but... Wow. wow. Well, that's, they're not eating goats. I'm sorry. They're not eating no, they're goats. No, they're not. They're dairy goats. Oh, milking goats. Mm-hmm. I had kangaroo jerky once, but that is, that's about as exotic of a meat as I've had. Mm. Oh, you're mentioning goats. You know something? I got some goat soap the other day. Yeah, we, goat soap. Yeah, my wife makes goat soap. That's incredible. Or she can't doesn't, sell it. She or... doesn't make goat soap. Right, so, right. Not. It's a federal crime. Nobody would. Nobody so, can. No, no. What is it like? Is it like real soap? How would he know? What does that mean? Is it like real soap? Oh, it's got the little beard thing on the bottom of right. it. The goats have. Man. That's you know. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's soap. Yeah, it's soap soap, Michael. It's what do you mean? Hey, goat milk from a texture standpoint. That's that's all milk. It just okay. feels like regular soap. It does. Okay. Yeah. yeah, usual regular soap. Yeah. Yeah. Does, does it, it clean and refresh? Certainly. And moisturizes. Oh, very much so. Um, <laughs> do you ever uh, make goat cheese? No, I haven't done that. Oh, also cheese. against the law. Yeah, very, very good. So, hey, the big news of the day, uh, Roger Stone arrested. <laughs> Making cheese is against the law. Right, right. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah, I know. The land, land of the free oh, my the home of the brave. Oh, land Lord. of the free, my ass. Jeez. So, uh, Roger Stone got arrested. We talked about it till we were tired of it, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, I was uh, I was cleaning off my tabs for the week because I've always got like 37 tabs open on my uh, computer. Uh, various news stories and whatever. Um, and I was cleaning them out, and I came across, you know, I was looking for Daniel Webster quotes and Thomas Jefferson quotes and stuff like that. You know, like the Daniel Webster stuff. God grants liberty only to those who love it and are always ready to guard and defend it. And things like, um, we did this one yesterday, everybody loved it. There are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. 
They promise to be good masters, but they mean to be masters. It's powerful stuff, eloquent stuff. So I thought, wait a minute, let's combine those two things. Let's look for Roger Stone quotes, and I have a collection of Roger Stone oh, quotes. There you, go. Uh-huh. there you go. Here is the uh, the thinking of the great man. A black or royal blue velvet blazer will look great with a pair of jeans and a black or navy turtleneck sweater, though it's a more casual look. Well, that's not fair. I mean, it's not really going to stand the test of time. <laughs> it's not exactly like the Daniel Webster stuff. I'll go on. There is something urbane, stylish, and worldly about owning a cocktail shaker. <laughs> Yeah, but that's unfair. You can't take uh, things you people know. say and say this is a quote. I can't say, you know, Joe Getty once said, <laughs> I've got to pee. <laughs> Do you know where a good car wash is? Right. right. <laughs> but this is. And a... it makes you sound vapid. No. No. Well, come on. <laughs> was you writing Then Joe Getty went on to say, and I quote, God, my stomach doesn't feel good. I must have ate something funky. Hey, hey. Roger, Roger Stone also said back in 1972 when he was working for Richard Nixon, I am a campaign scheduler during the day, but by night I traffic in the black arts. Wow, wow. See, that's a good quote. Yeah. Now, I will tell you this, yeah. my cynical friend, questioning my methods, this is one of the top quote sites on the Internet. That I've gone yeah, but, to for but, H.L. Well, Mencken quotes. Who's, and, who's writing down things like this? The Internet. I just told you. <laughs> Here's another Roger Stone quote. Okay. I hope this one also makes it sound like he was writing for some sort of lifestyle blog. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing, nothing worse than seeing ankle or a hairy calf when a man in a suit or trousers sits down. I would agree with that. Yeah. That's terrible. This short suit pant look. I hate it. I despise it. He actually did say this. Big brother listening in on your phone calls? I got a problem with that. All right. I, I appreciate the uh, the libertarian streak there. He goes on about the various things cocktail shakers ought to be made out of. I can probably <laughs> skip that. How do you like this one? Unless you can fake sincerity, you'll get nowhere in this business. That's pretty good. That's true. Although that's true of most businesses. Even some days you're just really tired. And you're meeting somebody who who deserves your energy. Is that faking it? Good question. Is My, that being phony or is that being polite? Sometimes it being phony is just being polite, not being phony. Right, yeah. As my son uh, has said, and he's gotten a couple of jobs on this basis, he says, I'm a professionally trained actor. I can convince your customers I'm happy to see them. Oh, good. I like that. People react yeah. well to that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wow. Oh, this one's actually quite good. <laughs> Nobody ever built a statue to a committee. That's a good one. That is a good one. Takes way too much stone for one thing. That's not the point at all. (laughs) Yeah, but Sean's right. Yeah, (laughs) Sean is absolutely right. What's a 527? Is that like a a political action committee? I think so. That's a non-profit organization. Okay, all right. Um, Interesting. Uh... A 527 doesn't have a wife. It doesn't have a brother-in-law who knows a lot about politics or a union president who calls and doesn't like the color of the suit or bimbo or options. It's the perfect candidate because it has no personal characteristics. I'm not oh. sure what that means. Is that like a pack? He means or cuz those are usually not those are non-profits they have to be. Come on, give us a good Roger Stone quote. All right, what do you what do you want? Really good. rapid and ridiculous or impactful? <laughs> impactful. Anything about smoked meats? 
for all for all I the got an entire paragraph yes. on blue jeans, or as they were called when I was growing up, dungarees. <laughs> all right, you know the good old days. Wow, wow. Okay, I got a couple of blockbusters for you. First of all, a long one, then a short one. The establishment on both the left and the right who want to dif- disenfranchise the millions of Republican voters who support Donald Trump have blamed the staged riots near Trump rallies on Trump or on Bernie Sanders. That's like blaming the Russians for the Reichstag fire. That's a reference to Hitler and, and Germany and the rest of it. Um, and then finally this. The general election is not an organizational exercise. It's a mass media exercise. Ooh, boy, now that's interesting. Wait, yeah. hit me with that again? The general election is not an organizational exercise. It's a mass media exercise. Huh. You know, I think wouldn't most people say it's both the ground game that we hear about so much during election cycles? I mean, you got to get your turnout. You know, which I don't know me. if you look if you if you include the way your candidate comes across every single day on mass media. Yeah, that's the game. Well, and that's his end of the game. So I guess that's mm-hmm. the way you'd see it. But you know, final, final, final thought for me is we didn't spend enough time, I don't think, hammering the vote harvesting uh, in California and other places. Certainly, the national media has not. It is designed for vote fraud. It's not a defect. It's not a bug, as Sean says. It's a feature. It's what it's there for. Finally, this from the great Roger Stone. This really makes you stop and think. A seersucker suit is one of the most iconic styles <laughs> dating from the 20s and is still a gentleman's best bet when it's hot and sticky. Is he trying to be an Instagram influencer and get, like, free hotel stays? Hot and sticky. Awesome. <laughs> this is the best of I'm Sean and Getty. 